0: Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into clients. Now, here's the founder and CEO of 10 Golden Rules, Jay Berkowitz.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this podcast, uh, great for you to be with us and thank you for making the time and uh, today we're going to do one of the popular breakdowns of a recent webinar and the webinar was called the 10 hottest technology tips for law firms and uh, with me today is jenna and uh, ike uh, pulled a no show today so we you'll have to get by with the two of us and um what we like to do on these uh sessions Is, uh, you know, you can always go back and watch the entire webinar on our YouTube channel. But uh, when we do, when we just play the webinars without the slides and we're speaking to the slides, sometimes it's a little less exciting to follow along. So Jenna's been kind enough to craft some questions uh, from the uh, content on the webinar. And together we'll discuss them. And I think it'll be a much better audio format. So uh, without further ado, uh, Jenna, say hi to the people.
0: Hi everyone. Thanks Jay again for having me back on. This webinar was one of my favorites. I think it had the most crucial information for law firms to uh, to learn. So this was a good one and I'm excited to record this podcast version of it.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, so, you know, go ahead and hit me up with some questions and uh, feel free to join the discussion and we'll, we'll just uh, move along.
0: Awesome. So as you said, this webinar was the Top 10 hottest technology tips for attorneys. So what I'm going to do, I'm kind of just going to go along for each strategy you have and ask you a few questions on them, if that's okay.
1: Perfect.
0: All right. So your first strategy was AI tools for law firms. I know AI is the huge topic of conversation right now. So I first wanted to start by asking, what are your few favorite AI tools that law firms and attorneys can utilize right now?
1: Well, great question. And, you know, of course, all the buzz is about chat GPT. And I always like to differentiate for people who haven't started to dig into it. The biggest difference is that there's probably a hundred useful artificial intelligence companies. And then there's chat GPT, which is certainly the most famous of all these um, sort of consumer usable AI tools or business usable AI tools. And, um, I'll talk about chat GPT first. Um, you know, basically people are describing it. Uh, you use Google in the search engines to, to um, ask questions and chat GPT is a great place to get answers. And so it's a, basically a free artificial intelligence tool that you can ask it almost anything and you can include prompts. Uh, and so instead of searches, they call them prompts and you could say, you know um, Answer a question or uh, write me an article as if you're a um, professional advertising agency copywriter and you want, I want this article to have conversion strategies. When people come to my website, they'll take action and they'll fill out the contact us or they'll call us um, and and write the seven best reasons to call a personal injury attorney. And when you give it specific prompts, um, it writes the article. In the format that you've requested, you can ask it to throw in a joke. You can ask it uh, to tell a story. You can ask it to write a story. Um, we were playing around with writing some stories about, like writing a children's book. So it's incredibly powerful at creating content and writing content. And um, the one heads up that I always share about artificial intelligence, uh, well, of course, the big one that Elon Musk and and you know all of the experts are saying you know, this could be very risky for humanity. But, you know, let's leave that to you know, the United Nations and um, bigger powers to figure out how to keep a hold on on this incredible technology as it continues to get smarter and smarter. But for now, um, it does have some limitations. Most of the data is only up to 2021. And the other thing is that, you know, if you asked it, 10 different questions about what to do after a car accident, how to select a personal injury lawyer, um, how to select a lawyer if you're in a motorcycle accident, it writes you a really great answer, you know, a really nice simplified summary type of answer, but it tends to have the same answer, of, or a very similar answer to all 10 questions. When you're writing for SEO and when we're writing for our clients um, and we want to have the best answer, according to Google, you have to have a unique answer and you have to have a comprehensive answer and you have to have a very specific answer. So a big caution with using this technology for blogs for your website is it tends to have a sort of similarness, a sameness to it, um, where when you're really writing the best answer to be helpful is a guideline from Google, you want it to be uh, differentiated. So that, you know, that's kind of covering chat GPT. And then you know, what are some of the other tools? Well, we had um, the founder of LawDroid on, on one of our podcasts, Tom Martin. And LawDroid uh, is a really incredible tool that lawyers can use. Um, you know, it's it's still in beta, but uh, it, it, it accesses ChatGPT. And it also serves as a lawyer's virtual legal assistant. They've also downloaded 7 million cases from the Harvard case file. And there's 7 million of the most recent United States cases and verdicts. And so the, it's drafting, you know, legal documents, summarizing documents, uh, drafting emails and letters with the power of ChatGPT and 7 million of the most recent U.S. cases, uh, legal cases. Um, some, some other tools that are, are sort of playing in the space. Um, there's one called Harvey.ai. Uh, it does contract analysis, due diligence, um, some regulatory compliance work. Again, you know all these tools are being uh, built out and, and growing every day. Uh, another tool called uh, Case Text C-A-S-E-T-E-X-T, C A S E T E X T is like LexisNexis, um, and it's a good case research tool. So, whatever category you're in. Um, There's dozens of different tools that are starting to make the, you know, at least the junior work um, very, very easy. There's a a tool that can do your taxes. And there's a tool we're using that runs a disk profile off of your LinkedIn profile uh, called Crystal Nose, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-K-N-O-W-S. So uh, again, hundreds of these tools out there, many in, if you're not in legal, many in your field. So I'm just differentiating between artificial intelligence, um, apps and applications and plugins and websites and companies and ChatGPT, which is the most popular of the hundreds of great applications out there.
0: It's truly crazy how just in the last few months, how many different AI tools are popping up and different platforms are coming out. Like this is definitely the future of just work and just everything. So crazy.
1: Are you using chat GPT in your everyday life now, Jenna?
0: I am. I mean, I think it's truly phenomenal. Like just things, simple things like internally for work, it can help you draft emails. It can help you create, you know, outlines and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think if people aren't using it yet, then they're really missing out.
1: You know, it's one of those things that, you know, I call it like the light bulb moment Mm
0: -hmm. where,
1: um, you know, a, a a lot of us hit that sort of light bulb moment with YouTube, you know, several years ago. And, you know, you would always Google things, Google things, Google things. And then you started realizing, wait a minute, you know, I really want to see a video of how to make a, a fluffy scrambled egg, or I want to see a video of how to unplug a toilet. Right. And so you'd go straight to YouTube and you would do your search on YouTube instead of Google. And it was, you know, you weren't it, Google owned YouTube. It's not like you were, you know, dissing Google or anything. You just knew you'd get a better result uh, more precisely. And, and I've started, you know, mentally having a light bulb moment where the light bulb goes off, and it's like, wait, this would be something much better to ask Chat GPT than to ask Google. Right. And um, I even installed the Chat GPT app on my phone and I put it right on the homepage of my phone, right beside, um, you know, Safari and uh, Chrome. So I, I have a choice of browser and a choice of search engine directly uh, to Chat GPT. Now, the other implication of course, is what's going to happen to Google search. And um, Microsoft's already started, re, you know, re- redesigning the homepage of Bing search to try and incorporate chat GPT. Google has a, a similar product called BARD, B-A-R-D, um, and they're playing around with, you know, sort of an answering engine, uh, an AI answering engine. So it's clearly going to change the look and shape of search. And and like I said before, you know, Google dominated 90% of searches uh, six months ago. And I think now, I mean, they're probably down to 80 or 85% because I bet 5 or 10% of searches now are going to these different AI tools.
0: Right. And speaking of like ChatGPT, and Bing, do you suggest that attorneys and law firms start advertising on Bing rather than just focusing on Google, pay-per-click?
1: Well, Google hasn't, uh, or sorry, Microsoft and Bing haven't quite figured out friendly consumer usability. <laughs> and in my opinion, uh, Bing's not ready for prime time. It's still, it's, it's a, it's a really junky search result. Um, and I, I haven't uh, been too impressed with their ability to integrate chat GPT yet. Um, I would, um, you know, the, 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 the biggest thing that we're doing as an agency in general knows this is we're being extremely focused on answering questions and providing the best helpful content. Um, And that's been Google's guidelines for for the last three or four years in their search algorithm updates. Uh, But I think with the oncoming of these AI tools being incorporated in the search results, I think a good, you know, sort of long-term white hat SEO strategy, search engine optimization strategy is to answer questions on your website. And uh we 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 do this literally with our attorney clients and we have them answer a dozen questions and film them on video every couple months and we we use those video answers to create YouTube posts and uh search engine and video optimized blog posts where we're answering questions and providing a high level of help uh, which has been Google's guidance and frankly you know, if you're answering questions, hopefully the AI will start referring to the answers that are most popular across the internet. So a way to search engine optimize for artificial intelligence is to provide answers to questions, because essentially that's what you're doing when you're searching. And that's what you're doing when you're asking chat GPT for help.
0: Absolutely. And that was another one of your strategies in the webinar. So that was one of the favorites that people had. So I think the oh, q and right. a.
1: I cheated ahead to, to, to strategy <laughs> number four, which was you just did. to answer questions. So, yes. um, you know, basically, you know, sum that up again. Um, if you uh, collect, you know, a good, good tactic is to collect questions. You know, just like I have a little notepad on my desk. And every time a client or a prospect asks me a question, I jot it down. And then when we're writing blog posts for 10 Golden Rules, a lot of times we we'll just answer the questions that we get asked frequently. And another easy one is uh, if you client asks you a question and then you write an answer and you type it out and you email the answer to them, copy and paste that email, take out any uh, confidential information and turn that into a blog post. Because if one of your clients has that question, a uh, very high likelihood somebody else has, has, is asking that question as well.
0: Absolutely. And while we're on the topic of Google searches... Can you explain to people what Google Screen is, local service ads, and why it's beneficial to law firms?
1: Yeah, that's actually the the second uh, hot strategy that we shared is optimizing for local uh, searches. The uh, LSA's uh, local search ads or also in legal. It's called Google Screened. And in home services, it's called Google Verified. Um, And then the program, the back end of the program is called LSAs or local search ads. And um, it's, it's so important to optimize for your local search ads because these are now the very top of Google. Um, when, you do a, when I do a search on my phone, the way my phone's configured, they take up about 80% of the f- first screen on my phone. So whether I search for you know car accident attorney near me or um, you know, plumber near me or divorce lawyer, the first two results on my phone and the first three results on my computer are the local service ads. So it's uh, super important to figure out the secret algorithm to the local service ads. Um, and we, we shared that on a webinar. So you can watch the entire webinar. But just to sum up uh, quickly, how do you get in those top three? And so many attorneys are also asking us, you know, I've fallen out of the top three. <laughs> I've fallen. How do I get back up? <laughs> and um, so the, the secret algorithm that that we talk about is number one is responsiveness. You've got to answer the phone, and you know we whenever we talk to an attorney, they're like, "Oh, we answer the phone all the time." And then once we turn on the local service ads, we get them approved for this Google Screen program. We find out that you know you don't always answer the phone. You know, at um, a lot of times, you know, one of the receptionists takes a break over over lunch, and you know, if a couple of calls come, come in, the other one can sometimes um, miss a call and missing a couple of calls can be enough to drop you out of the top three in the local service ads. Um, what's your strategy for after hours? You know, the best policy is to tell Google you're available 24 uh, seven, but your after hours calling solution has to be on point. And the guideline is you can't uh, let a call go more than 15 seconds without answering a call. Um, And so responsiveness is super important. The second thing is uh, Google reviews. And in the maps section, um, you've got to have the most Google reviews and the highest five-star rating uh, to come up consistently in the the three map SEO results. But in the local service ads, we found that a way around that, that algorithm, you can be a relatively new site, you can be like an upstart and you only need one to two New reviews each week to be able to get in that top three. So the LSA algorithm seems to reward recency, newness of those reviews, more than just the, the total quantity of those reviews. So it's a you know really great opportunity for a, a new law firm or a young law firm, where Google's allowing you to be competitive with the big big boys in your market, because they're rewarding you for proximity. So people who are close to your location, they're rewarding you for responsiveness, answering the phone, and they're rewarding you for getting one to two new reviews every week. Um, And then there's, you know, a number of other things that you need to do in the program. But, um, you know, that those are the headlines on the secret algorithm for the local service ads.
0: Awesome. And you'll actually be touching a little bit about that in your next webinar as well. So people can look out for that.
1: You know, you, you do this with the clients. Like, what are some of the things you're coaching the clients on? Uh, Jen is an account manager for Ten Golden Rules. What are some of the things like when we look at that local service ad report? What are some of the things that you think are game changers for your clients?
0: Um, I think not only is putting our best strategies into place, like you said, the secret algorithm that we have, but I think something that's super important for our clients to see is um, the reporting that we do, not just like, not just to go over numbers, but they can see if the LSAs are actually worth it because they can see like if people are tracking their cost per case, you know, um, they're able to see, wow, this is really worth it. Or if someone's like, I'm spending money on leads, they can really see the results. So it's really exciting for our clients to, you know, take a look at those numbers and see that it's worth it. We got to send a few emails out today that some of our clients are in the top three because they're doing really good on implementing like our booking strategy. So um, that's been really exciting to see.
1: Like that's the hottest new little tactic that we've discovered. Why Mm -hmm. don't you share that? What is the booking strategy for the LSAs?
0: So right now we are telling our clients about this new booking strategy. So what we're saying is that if any lead comes in, that is a good lead, you know, they search personal injury attorney, Um, it's in your practice area, Um, it's in your location. Whether you book the case, like actually whether you sign the case or not, we are recommending everyone to put booked, mark it as booked in their LSA platform and to put a date because this is really showing Google that you are really motivated to get these leads, um, and that they are good leads for you. So whether you marked it booked or completed, you're still paying for that lead. So we're suggesting that everyone marks them as booked unless you're archiving or disputing that lead. Um, and we've been seeing really good results.
1: So in the back end of the Google um, out in the back end of the Google uh, dashboard, where mm-hmm. you manage this local service ad program, where you see the leads and listen to the calls, there's really like four options. So you can, for the good leads, you can mark them as booked or completed. But what we're saying is mark everything that, that's good as booked and put in a date, as in the date that you're going to be meeting this person when they're coming into your office. And even just put a forward-facing date if you know you've got an appointment to talk to them, or you will talk to them at some point in the future. And then if, if a lead's like really terrible, so, you know, you've got to be very careful to accept as many leads as possible, and tell Google you want more leads. If a reads if, if something's really terrible, like it's one of those robocalls, and they're trying to sell you something, or it's someone looking for you know like a, a real estate agent or something, nothing to do with with law. Then you can archive those leads, and you and if Google still wants to charge you for them, you can click the three dots and dispute those leads. Um, but Google's going to listen to the recording. The artificial intelligence is going to read and download that that content and decide whether or not they agree with your your dispute uh, as to whether or not they charge you. But for the most part, if it's if it's not a, a lead in your category, you don't have to pay for
0: it. Yep. Another thing that another strategy you talked about. Sorry, I'm going to bounce around as they relate to what we're talking about. Was optimizing your Google Maps. And I know this goes hand in hand with LSAs because this is what's showing up on page one of Google. So, how can a law firm like see where they're ranked in Google Maps and how do they improve that ranking?
1: Well, there's a number of tools that can show you how you rank outside of your office. And one of the mistakes a lot of people make is they're sitting in their office with uh, super fast internet access and they do a search for, you know, personal injury lawyer. And they're like, look, we're number one in the maps.
0: And they assume <laughs> right. they're
1: number one everywhere. But um, we use a number of tools. Um, and there's a number of tools in the industry where we can show you how you're ranking, you know, one mile away from your office to the north, south, east, and west. And, and two miles and three miles and 10 miles and 20 miles. And so we do this analysis to show you how your distribution is um, throughout your target area. So uh, if you want to see one of those distributions, you know, get in touch with us at 10 Golden Rules. Um, But the, um, you know, the, the sort of basics of getting listed in the Google Maps, first and foremost, you've got, there's now about 30 or 40 different things you can do to optimize your GBP, which is your Google business profile. So I assume anyone on this call has probably already claimed their Google Maps listing, but if you haven't, you know, Google Google your your firm's name. And if you don't own your maps listing, if you don't have a login and an account set up, uh, that's the first step is claim that. And there's a button that'll say, do you own this business? And you click it and you verify with Google that you do own the business. And then you can verify your your, your company name, your address, and you can start adding information like um, your hours of operation. You can add some pictures of your location. Um, And there's, like I said, 30 or 40 different things. You want to add uh, multiple uh, practice areas and clarification around uh, the type of work you want, the type of, you know, obviously exclude the type of work you don't want. um, And the more precise you can be, the better. So the first step is, you know, filling out all that information on your Google business profile and make sure that your name and your address is precisely listed exactly the way that you want it to be shown throughout the internet. And then the next step is to go to every other listing site and make sure they're mentioning your firm precisely the way it's listed on your Google Maps, your Google business profile. And I'll give you a couple examples uh, that I always use. Our company is called 10 Golden Rules. And a lot of people are very kind and they give us a listing and they even give us a link, but they link to one zero golden. Now we own the domain 10 golden rules, like the number 10, but we always ori- originally spelt the company T-E-N 10 Golden Rules, right? With the words spelled out in letters. And so throughout the internet, there's always a dozen or more links to 10 golden rules, and it might even link to 10 golden rules. But any inconsistencies confusing to Google because Google's an automated robot, right? The spiders are automated. There's there's not a human looking at it. And so you want to make sure that you have consistency in your name, and also in your address. So, a lot of different, uh, a lot of firms have different variations on their address. Like you could have unit number one, building number one, uh, hashtag number one, uh, suite number one. And if you have four different um, variations, even though Google's smart enough to figure it out, it's it's confusing enough to knock you down a few notches in the maps. So you want to make sure that there's very consistent, what we call NAP in the industry, name, address, and phone. So you have consistent NAP, and everywhere you're listed, it's consistent with your Google profile listing. And then the third piece of the puzzle is to get other folks to link to your maps listing. So the types of websites that are directories and they're ge- geographically based and you know local Uh, Chambers of commerce and things like that. Make sure there's a a link to your maps listing and you can boost your your, your maps listing. And last but not least, Google reviews. So, Google reviews are kind of like the most important part of the maps algorithm. If you have all the other stuff correct and you're not going to turn off the spiders or or confuse the search engines, getting a a lot of Google reviews and a lot of five star, 4.9, 4.8 star reviews is going to be the final determinant of who gets in the top three of the Google maps and who's way down the page.
0: Right. And like you said, Google maps and local service ads are so important right now because they're taking up like you, like 80% of that first um, Google page when someone searches. So those yeah. are and super we, important.
1: We also add content to uh, the Google business profile. You want to talk a little bit about that strategy?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, so what you were talking about earlier, um, you were talking about our Q&A strategy. So what we do is have clients um, answer questions. They're frequently asked questions on videos, and then we turn those into blogs. Like Jay said, we also turn them into social media posts. We can incorporate them into newsletters, and we also post that con- content on their Google business profile. So it's very important to have fresh new content on your Google business profile, um, because when people are actually finding you, they're able to click that, see that you have a few blog posts up or videos, um, watch a few of those. And they really, you know, they know, like and trust you. And then that's when they'll give you a call.
1: Cool. Well, uh, why don't you uh, hit up a question on the next strategy?
0: All right. Well, this kind of goes hand in hand, Um, but one of your other strategies was go mobile. Um, So I'm kind of hitting on all the Google ones first, but um, should people differentiate between SEO tactics on desktop versus um, their mobile strategies or what do you recommend there?
1: You know, that's a great point. And, um, you know, really what we're talking about is optimizing uh, your entire business performance for mobile because we're seeing 60 or 70 percent of searches, um, you know, for personal injury law firms and, you know, law, uh, family firms, bankruptcy firms, you know, consumer facing searches. Uh, so, so many more are being done on mobile phones than on desktops. And a lot of times we think about our website on desktop, we think about our search results on desktop, but 60 or 70 percent of the market opportunity is taking place on the tiny screen of a cell phone and it's probably not the massive iPhone 14 that the lawyer has you know the average consumer probably has an iPhone a small iPhone 7 or a little you know Google phone so um, the the ability for your your all of your digital performance to work on the small screen is so much more important and it's really important that you look at it you know on a cell phone and and be cognizant of that. So, um, you asked about SEO, and you know there's a pretty sophisticated SEO strategy to optimize your website for mobile. Um, you know, the first thing is your your website's got to be super fast on mobile, and there's even some schema code, S C H E M A, which is a, a code that was developed by Google in association with like 14 other search engines and 14 other companies. That's just like a standardization for how Um, how they will all read your website. And so you can actually create a code that your website streamlined for things like blogs. And it's super easy um, and simplified for these automated robots to read your website and for mobile phones to display your website. So, um, you know, speed and schema code are sort of two advanced SEO strategies. And then there's a whole strategy around the paid advertising, um, as we talked a lot about the local service ads, obviously, um, you want to get your piece of that pie. You want to get as many appearances on those first two listings on a mobile phone because those are phone calls. Like the, we, we, we almost skipped, you know, the most important part of the local service ads is when people click on a local service ad and call you, calls converted about 24, 25% of the time. And when someone fills out a form on your website and then you call them back, 90, 95% of the time, they don't even answer. So we see forms converting at 5 to 7% and phone calls converting at 25%. So you really want to win in the local service ads and come up as many times on those mobile phones as possible. And then there's an additional strategy that we use to craft our pay per click, the paid Google ad campaigns different from the local service ads, the old PPC ads, to get a much higher percentage of those ads as a click to call as opposed to a click to the website. Again, for the same reason. If you get a phone call, you're probably going to convert 20, 25% of those calls into clients. If someone goes to your website on a mobile phone and tries to fill out a form, good luck to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: chances
1: are you're losing that game. And by the same token, if they do come to your website, You know, you should have a text option. You should have a click to call option. So make it super easy for people to contact you.
0: Absolutely. And when someone's putting in that Google search on their mobile phone, um, something that you talked about in the webinar was Google autofill. Do you kind of want to touch on that real quick?
1: Yeah, we have a pretty sophisticated solution where um, if a client uh, does a search in Google, Google shows you eight or ten suggestions. So as you start typing in, like if you type in, um, I think, Accident Attorney Rich, R-I-C-H, it fills in Richmond, like Richmond, Virginia. It assumes you're you're looking for Richmond, Virginia. And then it puts our client's name. So we've been able to, uh, you know, work within this Search Suggest feature and search engine optimize our client's name right at the top of Search Suggest so um it's a pretty uh it's a pretty expensive tactic. It takes a massive amount of work to get that to happen, but we've had a tremendous amount of success um even like if you search uh, motorcycle lawyers, the first suggestion is motorcycle lawyers, law tigers, and our client law tigers is the first suggestion
0: yeah that's that tool is just crazy, and I think it's great because a lot of the times when people are searching. I mean, their search already comes up or the first suggestion is what they click on. So I think that's a really neat tool. Um, but your next two strategies kind of go hand in hand. One of them is TikTok. And the next one is cascading content. Why do you think law firms should be using vertical video? And is there a strategy behind using TikTok and Reels?
1: You know, another great question and another great strategy. We. Um, have been doing this question and answer strategy for about five years, where we ask you know, our attorneys to answer basic questions like how much does it cost for a consultative divorce? How long does it take for a collaborative divorce? And answering those questions, so we're setting the website up and, and the YouTube up for these question and answers. And then we've started doing, I like to call them the remarkable stories or the cocktail party stories where we ask the attorneys to tell stories that are, you know, kind of wild uh, instances. And we turn those videos into viral videos uh, with a little bit of advertising help. A lot of times you can get these to take off and they'll get eight or 10,000 views. And we've recently had one go over 250,000 views. And these are the, the um, more interesting stories. Like we, we had a a, a case where um, one of our clients is a personal injury attorney and his client was injured in an accident. And then he went and did some research on social media and found out the individual who hit his client was driving for a pizza delivery company. And when he looked a little deeper on social media, this young man had made a post at the pizza place smoking weed almost 30 minutes before the accident. Oh, so no. Now, now we had an intoxicated driver, you know, weed. Intoxication, um, and it, and in you know indication that you know pizza delivery, so you got to get it there fast. I don't know if there was one of those thirty minute delivery companies, uh, but you know all indications that this person um, had additional risk factors, uh, and so when we uncovered this information, the um, the insurance company very quickly paid a large sum, and there was no chance this was going to court.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. That is so crazy. And we've
1: had the, um, you know, like the Hertz Airport van drivers with no, no driver's license. And, you know, the person who fell through the stairs at, a, at an apartment complex for the second time on the same set of stairs. You know, just like these, these stories that are, you know, there's nothing funny about personal injury. But these stories are certainly the remarkable stories that the attorneys are probably telling their friends at cocktail parties. So we're sharing them uh, as viral videos.
0: Yeah. And it's super important to um, start using that vertical video strategy because like you said, it allows you the opportunity to go viral rather than just posting them on YouTube. um, You could even take those YouTube videos that you are um, shooting and turn them into video vertical format. And then, you know, cascade that to all your social media platforms. And when we say,
1: I didn't answer that question really well, Jess. So, you know, Explain what's the difference between a horizontal video video and a vertical video? And what is a reel and a TikTok?
0: Yeah, so a horizontal video is if you're shooting something horizontal or landscape, right? Yeah, you're shooting it. You're shooting on your phone sideways. And vertical is if you're getting that long shot um, where you have where it's more I don't know how to describe this without it's taller. showing. It's, it's taller, taller, exactly. Yeah. So your, yes. your
1: phones up and down. And you know, really, I think what um what's been happening is like Facebook reels and Instagram reels and TikToks are almost always now formatted for the up and down, the way we hold our phone in our hand. Absolutely. And in the old days, we used to, you know, all video was done for your desktop, so it was more sideways. And right. so we just people just assume their videos should be done sideways, and now the world's changing, and Absolutely. the reels in the TikTok format are much more popular.
0: Yes, definitely. Why don't we hit
1: one more, Jenna, and uh, then we'll wrap up because I think we're we're getting into that long, <laughs> the long podcast format.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the last strategy I'll touch on is lead generation. Um, I think it was the last one you touched on. Um, but what are some some of your
1: favorite lead gen sites? Well, I'm I'm not going to share sites per se, but I'm, I'm I'll share some of the strategies that are working really well. And we've partnered with a number of websites and companies. Um, the The number one thing that works is getting um, unique leads. So the the worst thing you can do is sign up with a lead company, and a lot of times they do a little bit of bait and switch where they'll they'll give you ten unique leads that they don't share and sell with anyone else. And then you sign up with these guys. You're like, oh, this is great. Give me a hundred more leads like this. Um, So you've got to make sure that your leads are always unique to you. Um, So that most of the services we have um, are very, very good at that. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, finding some unique properties. Like one of our websites has like a four or five page long form that people fill out. And, um, and then, the leads are unique. So those tend to work great for our clients because if somebody takes the time to fill in a lot of information about their case, there's a pretty good chance that's a legitimate lead. Um, and then the other area where we're having a lot of success is with Spanish leads. And there's a couple of vendors who have really great Spanish leads. And that tends to be a little niche in, in the market where there's a little bit less competition. Um, and therefore, if you you're real good at uh, Spanish intake, and, and you have a couple attorneys that can uh, speak to Spanish clients. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a few less competitors depending on your market,
0: right? And there was one. Um, there's one last strategy that we didn't touch on, which was new tech. So I encourage you all to go check out the webinar to kind of see what new tech tools Jay um, was showing you all.
1: Awesome. Well, Jenna, thanks so much for going through all this and uh, and putting it in an auditorily favorable format. So, uh hopefully you all enjoyed this and if you did, you know, do us a favor, give us a a five star on iTunes or your uh, favorite uh, podcast platform. And if you'd, you'd like to connect, you know, just hop over to 10 golden rules. Remember it's spelled T E N, 10goldenrules.com and we'd be happy to meet with you and talk about how we could help with your marketing strategies or answer any questions you have.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thanks everyone. And uh, as, if Ike was here, what would he say, Jenna?
0: Something outrageous and fun. I peace. Don't even know. <laughs>
1: peace,
0: yes, peace. Thanks, peace guys. Y'all. Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast. Please send questions and comments to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That is podcast at T-E-N-goldenrules.com.